Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to invite you to join our free Facebook group, the Creative Agency Clique. We live stream weekly trainings on tactics that will help you simplify and scale your agency. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash FP to join. And now for the show. So clients often want to rush to the fun part of the project and they want to kind of skip the foundational element. I so frequently have had agencies specifically more on the branding end or marketing strategy end be in a place where the client is ultimately causing a problem because they do not want to go through any research and We'll hear things like, you are the agency, you um, do what you usually do, or I'm looking for guidance from you specifically, or we already know this information internally, we don't need to do any research. And largely, it actually ends up causing an incredible amount of pain for both the client and the agency, and all because the client was either rushing or they were being a bit cheap in it. And I see so incredibly often the agency knows that this is a necessity, but will acquiesce, will skip this phase of the project because the client doesn't want to pay for it or because the client doesn't see the value in it more often than not. And obviously there's a range in research of being, you know, $5,000 to hundreds of thousands of dollars in research phases of a project. Obviously there needs to be some aspect of reality if the spend in this campaign is going to be 25 grand, you're not going to spend $200,000 in research in order to make sure that it's effective. So there's, you know, proportionality to it and making sure that what it is that you're doing makes sense for the client. But the thing that's really important here is that you as the agency are the advisor for the client. And my hope is that in this episode, we can talk about how you can hold on to what you know is best for the client and actually hold your ground and actually be in a place where not only are they willing to pay for it, but they want it. And it actually becomes a differentiator for you in the rest of the agencies that they're talking to, because you actually did elevate yourself into being the advisor for this client rather than the technician, the pair of hands. So it's incredibly frequent where brands will end up in a place or they're in control of the client. And this is one of those foundational elements at the very beginning of a relationship that causes that to happen so incredibly often. So the entire thing about being able to sell that research phase is you have to think about a couple of things. And the first of which is teaching. So you have to actually teach them and have them have an understanding of why this research is important. Like what exactly is it going to guide? What types of information are you going to be getting? that ultimately they do not have today? Or why is it that the information that they currently have right now, not adequate enough? Why is it an issue? What kind of issues can ultimately happen? Why is it actually going on this way? And ultimately, knowing what types of things are going to actually so you're, you're showing them, you're advising them, you're giving them some understanding in your to the extent that they need to know. And so there's a very fine line to walk here when it comes to research 
or when it comes to teaching in general, is you need them, especially in a sales process, you need them to be able to understand enough to make a decision, but not understand enough. And not that you don't want to explain more, but it ends up just causing overwhelm because then they don't understand it all fully. But you want them to understand enough they can make a decision, but not so much where they feel like you have over-explained. So just enough where they can, or where they feel like they can do your job, which ultimately is not true and ultimately causes damage to the client. And I see that happen as well. The next thing you actually want to do is you want to make sure that the way the conversation is being had, that you cast doubt in the conversation. So the ways that you can do this is in loads of different ways from pointing out what types of issues you've seen other clients have and how that has created loads of problem because of a small piece of information that was missing and how incredibly instrumental it actually was in having that can be that campaign or that brand or whatever it is that you're doing, allowing for them web a web project, allow for it to actually be successful. If you start to ask them questions that ultimately they do not know themselves is one of the easiest and best ways to cast out. So if you ask questions that ultimately you would be deriving from this research and you're asking some very detailed oriented questions, and I'm sure for the vast majority of you listening today that there's all sorts of questions that you ask in a sale conversation that they ultimately do not know. I mean, frequently people will not know what their click-through rates are on ads or what their cost per lead is or what their cost per acquisition on a new customer and a new client is. They won't know what their website traffic looks like. They won't know what their client retention numbers are. They won't know what their average client values are. These types of numbers, most people do not know. Even true for a lot of larger organizations, someone likely knows within the organization but the decision makers, more often than not, do not know. And if you can cast some doubt in what they do not know, that ultimately is going to come from this research. You now have them in a place where they are realizing that they do not know everything and that there's a piece or a component to this that they need to be listening to you. So once you have adequately had them understand that there's a space, there's a gray area, some piece of this project is ultimately opaque to both you and them. And not because you are not an expert in the area, but because you are an expert, you know what items are going to be necessary, and why you've seen this happen and how this has been beneficial. You now want them to understand how this is important to mitigating risk. So the, the entire sort of core foundation to research is why would we want to spend money before getting out there in the first place? And largely it's because we don't want to go in the complete wrong direction and ultimately either cause damage to the brand. We have a campaign completely just not land and spend loads of media dollars against this campaign or go through an entire website redesign and maybe conversion is worse. And making sure that the way that we are going through the research that we utilize, the information that we are basing our decisions on are accurate. And so the way that you can go about doing this is ultimately allowing for them to understand what exactly are they putting into this. So let's say that they're going through a rebrand and ultimately that asset rollout for the entire launch is going to cost them 500000 200000 $5 million, $10 million, insert whatever the total impact for that particular client is. And what if it doesn't work? Would spending 
one to 2% of this entire budget on research, maybe five, allow for you to be in a place that it allows for this to ensure that this is going to work before you spend all of those dollars, your budget on a direction that ultimately doesn't work. Same thing for campaigns is you're going to spend millions of dollars in running these ads in placements in both traditional and digital media. And if the campaign is ultimately not the right messaging for your target demographic, and it doesn't land, then why? Just you, you shouldn't do it. And it's going to guide the information that's ultimately being decided upon. And, you know, one of the key pieces here is making sure that the way that you go about this component of it is that you ask the right questions, right? So let's say that when you're thinking about a campaign, and, and I very, as any of you guys that have listened to this podcast for a while know that I'm very numbers oriented, a little bit more difficult in an audio medium to show you exactly what I mean in, in, in calculation oriented pieces. But so let's say that you were to give an example of the distinction. So let's say this is a web design project and you're doing research on user flows and user interactions of an existing site and other consumer information on other sites and what types of CTAs and where and colors and all of that. You're trying to understand exactly what this user flow should look like in digital application or on a website, right? And ultimately, the thing that you need to be thinking about here is what happens of the total volume of traffic that you have on your site right now? What happens if conversion drops by 2%? What happens if it goes up by 1%? What is your current average client value right now? Average cart value if it's an e-commerce site? What does that actually mean for your organization, for your business, if that happens? right? What, how does that actually change things? And does it change things in a meaningful way that allows for you to have, and what does that actually mean from an ROI perspective for this project? And would spending 10,000, 15,000, $100,000 actually be worth ensuring that that doesn't happen, right? And it's also the dis distinction between nominal success and a dramatic amount of success. And so like, what does that actually look like in different tiers of how that research is going to have impact? The next thing that is incredibly, incredibly useful is third-party selling. So if you've, again, listened to this podcast for a while, you know, and you've heard me talk about the, the concept of third-party selling, but you're essentially selling through another person's experience, right? So you can explain a situation or a scenario where you had a client say that they didn't want to do the research or that it didn't actually, that it didn't make sense for them and they didn't end up doing it. And ultimately, they spent XYZ dollars, the campaign didn't work for XYZ reason. And here's this little piece of information that we learned after the fact that would have augmented this campaign that largely should have been a success. But this small little piece of information actually ended up causing them a problem and making sure that they understand that. And the huge and most important piece for third party selling is making sure that the listener can actually see themselves in the story. And so the way that you go about doing this is you actually start with the negative emotional component, right? Because people attach and remember and actually attach themselves to a story more often than not because of an emotion, right? And we're emotional creatures, emotional animals, and making sure that we're actually attaching the emotional side of what that client was experiencing so that they can attach themselves to it. And so once you've talked about the negative emotion, then you talk about the challenge, what exactly was going on. 
and then you talk about what the objection was, right? So what was the reason why they would have said no, or they did say no, what ultimately the solution was that they went down or the path that they went down, then the result that they got, and more often than not, you're utilizing third-party selling essentially as a verbal case study, right? So it's the positive result more often than not, but in this example, it might be a negative result. And then the impact that ultimately had to them, positive or negative, and allowing for them to actually see themselves in someone else's situation and in someone else's reality and how that actually applies for them. If they can see themselves in someone else's story, it actually resonates with someone more, more meaningfully and allows for them to actually, it causes them to actually change the way that they would interact or make a decision in the first place. So the thing that I want you to be thinking about here, and I don't have a direct answer, and it depends on the price point of your research here, is where in the sales process you actually should be managing this objection. Should it be something you always start with research and it's going to be, you need to be built into your process of how it is exactly that you do the work that you do so you can manage the objection before it even happens? Or is it something that you use sometimes and sometimes you don't depending on the size of the project or what it is exactly that you're doing, but understanding how it exactly fits to you and your agency and exactly how it is that you function, making sure that you, if it's a situation that comes up enough that 99% or 95% of your scopes of work include research, then you actually want to have and pre-manage this objection before it even comes up in the client, because it's much easier to manage an objection before it even happens than managing it after the fact and actually getting someone's wall to be broken down. It's much easier to never have built that wall of sales friction in the first place and making sure that you're in, in that sort of great place and that you're able to actually manage it ahead of time. So I hope that this was inspiring to those of you that are utilizing research and needing to sell it and having issues with it. The, I'm just going to quickly give a little bit of a summary of what it was that we talked about today. Making sure that you're taking the position of advisor and teaching your client, that you're going to spend some time casting doubt in the information that they currently have available. Have them understand exactly how that is going to mitigate risk for them, that you've spent some time ultimately asking the right questions in that, in that way that you're mitigating risk so that they understand exactly how that's going to fit in utilizing third-party selling so that they can see themselves in someone else's shoes and just really thinking about exactly where in your sales process you need to be building this in in the first place so that ultimately you can be selling the thing that you need in order to make the client's project more successful and in an ideal world have them be a returning client because you just nailed it and knocked it out of the park for them and they had not only the result that they came here for but leaps and bounds over it and you have a phenomenally happy client and if that's the place that you find yourself I wanted to help those agencies that are needing to be able to sell research and I know that it is and has been historically a problem for many once again thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast now chances are if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, 
so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client at $3,000, anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000. Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5,000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we wanna make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I wanna deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm-hmm.